1: Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about.
0: I find a GoFundMe link on Instagram and find out he'd actually been hit by a car and was in a coma. And that's why he wasn't answering me.
1: (laughs) Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. It's Thursday, so that means real-life daters are coming on to share their real, sometimes shocking, and always unfiltered experiences. Think you're alone out there? Think you're the only one whose ex hooked up with your mom or whose last date ended up being a catfish? Think again.
0: I'm anonymous. I live in Southern California. I'm 27 years old, and I'm here to talk about me and my boyfriend's crazy, how we met story and the evolution of our relationship, which people have told me could be a movie one day. So excited to be here. I
1: I'm so excited to hear more details and from what I know I can confirm it absolutely can should and will be a movie because I my jaw dropped when I saw the subject line so let's hear it with I'm trying like I want to say it so badly but I don't want to give any spoilers because I want the story to unfold but everyone's going to freak out so where did this relationship begin
0: yeah. Well, I guess a caveat that I'll give first, I am like an emotional laugher, so I might laugh in inappropriate you know, points. That's just Me how we cope. Um, Perfect. But so the story actually started a year ago yesterday from the day that we're recording this, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot has unfolded in a very short amount of time. Um, where we first met was actually, I was on a family vacation in Hawaii and he was on a vacation in Hawaii as well. Um, we both happened to live in California. We found out a mile away from each other. Um, but even that kind of first night in Hawaii was very crazy, very magical. Um, what island you I think the story could start there. Um, we were on Maui. Um, love, love Maui. Yes. And it was so nice there. It was my first time there. Um, he'd been there before, but gave great recommendations.
1: It's such a special place. Yeah. And so when we first met
0: there I was with a friend who had lived in Hawaii because he was in the army um, again I was there with family but just happened to spend one night out with a friend um, he said I'm gonna go get drinks at the bar go make us some friends which I'm not good at doing I'm not like an approach people at bars kind of person um, but there were two similarly looking age guys near us so I just turned to them said hi um, my boyfriend claims he is the one that says his first but whatever. (laughs) Uh,
1: Who knows what's true. Let's go back to that bar and get the security tape footage rolling. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, But yeah,
0: from there we ended up, that night alone was like pretty crazy. We ended up bar hopping, me and my friend, these two guys. uh, We ended up swimming in the ocean at night, seeing a meteor shower. We We were up until like the wee hours of the morning. Like it started out being super fun anyway, because, you know, I found out they lived A mile from me and where we live in California. So it was like instantly kind of just like a friend to friend connection, small world kind of thing.
1: Two things. One, I'm freaking out that you saw a meteor shower because I, so I've been to Maui, I think four times I want to say. And one of the times I went, I was sitting on the beach at night with my best friend, my brother, and one of his best friends, two of my best friends actually, and my brother and his friend. And out of nowhere, we saw this thing shoot across the sky. Like we were like, is the world about to end? It was like the biggest shooting star I had ever seen. It just went like all the way across the ocean. And we just sat there in silence with our jaws on the floor for like two minutes before anyone could speak because it was the craziest thing we had ever seen.
0: Yeah, it was basically that. But for like an hour, it was like two o'clock in the morning. We're all sitting in the ocean just
1: watching oh my God. hundreds
0: of meteors go by. It was incredible.
1: That is crazy. Okay, number two when, as this night's going on, are you like, wow, like this guy's really cute. Like there were two of them. So like, what were your thoughts with the vibes with them? Yes.
0: So immediately thought he was very cute. My now boyfriend, um, his friend is married. So that was, you know, quick, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, yeah, easy there. Um, but you know, the person that I was chatting with my boyfriend now, you know, super personable, really fit, really tan had told me about the scuba diving he'd done and the hiking, all these kind of things. I was like, "Wow, this is a well-traveled, really yeah. charismatic, really awesome guy."
1: Wow. Okay. So next day comes, or how does the night end? The the night ends with obviously we've been out for way too long,
0: um, so nobody was driving home. Um, I was staying with my family, walking distance from the bars and the beach that we were at. So I said, "You guys can come stay. You know, at my Airbnb. Please, you know, just stay here for the night." Obviously, you know, having two strangers sleep in my family Airbnb, yeah. um, they got caught leaving in the morning, which is oh just so God. funny. Two shirtless men walked from my bedroom at like 8 a.m. I was Shut like, up. I swear they they just slept here. Like, I swear <laughs> to God.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny. Were your parents troopers about it?
0: They were. Once I said we lived in the same town, that suddenly made it Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not serial killers. They're our no. neighbors.
0: <laughs> they're our neighbors. Yes. But no. So then, you know, they left. We continued on our vacation, but I ended up, you know, getting his number, staying in touch, you know, getting some recommendations on what else to do in Hawaii. And then, um, you know, when we got back to our town in California, I guess a week or so later, we, we started hanging out again. So and then the, the story continued
1: from there. Yes so okay you start hanging out are things like progressing is it like friend vibes is it date vibes what's happening
0: Yeah so pretty quickly it turned into more than friends kind of vibe um you know we hung out there was about a week of overlap of when we were both in the same town again I think we hung out three or four times I met a few of his friends I met his sister um but it was kind of like you know we'd go get drinks and we'd go out with friends um and there was definitely a, a connection I'm not not saying it was love at first sight. Like there was, you know, we had some differences about our lifestyle and, you know, what we do for work and things like that, but there was definitely interest right away.
1: Amazing. Okay. What happens
0: next? So what happens next as we get to the juicy part? So as I said, he's a a big traveler, kind of has been bouncing around the world for the last couple of years. Um, So he actually was going to France and to Spain that next week. So we had about a week overlap in our town. Um, I drop him off at the airport, actually. And you know that that means you must really That's like That's a
1: big people. deal. <laughs> if you drive him to
0: LAX, especially. Um, yeah. But so I drop him off. He, you know, flies to Europe. Um, he's supposed to be there for like eight or nine days or something like that. Um, we stay in touch while he's there. We like talk on the phone. We FaceTime, even with the whatever our time difference, um, you know, we stayed in touch, which to me was, was really yeah. cool. Like we had just started getting to know each other, but you know, clearly he was out and traveling and doing all these amazing things but wanted to keep me in the loop. So I you know, felt really special with that.
1: Yeah. That's such an anxiety inducing like time period where, you know, you've been talking, you've been hanging out and then they go away and it's like, well, are we going to talk or not? And so much rides on that. And it's so stressful until you realize like, okay, this is actually going well. And they are making the effort where they could just like not be texting me, but they are. And, and it provides so much peace of mind. Like it's almost like a hurdle you have to get over to know things are really going well.
0: I agree. I mean, it can be such a deal breaker where it's like once you're not in the same city anymore, if there's not interest or they don't really right. care to keep you in the loop. Um, I mean, to to an extent, though, I understand, you know, if he's having fun, if he's going to do their own thing, and I would want the same kind of level of expectation the other way around. Um, yeah. But I, it was, I, I completely agree. It was like, I was very interested to see how it was going to evolve, or if it was just going to, you know, kind of fizzle out as he went away for basically the, the, the amount of time we had known each other. You had known prior. each other. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess at that point, it was, you know, we'd known each other for like, three weeks. So
1: not too long what, but what happens next
0: so what happens next is you know he starts his trip um we're staying in touch like I said we're talking and then I don't hear from him one day totally fine you know he's he's doing his own thing don't hear from him for another day which seems out of character so I texted him you know saying like hey I hope you're having a good time whatever then I don't hear from him again for the next day and I'm also supposed to pick him up from the airport in like three days from then, so I'm like, I, I, I need you know I need something here. I'm going going out of my way here, um. So I still don't hear from him, and I send him a text saying, "Hey, just checking in. Ibiza didn't kill you, ha ha," you know, completely joking. Um. And and I never hear back from him, and I was really shocked. I mean, it was such a pivot from, you know, what our interaction was before, and we can talk a little bit more about that in a second. Um. But long story short, five days go by. Um, I find a GoFundMe link on Instagram and find out he'd actually been hit by a car and was in a coma, and that's why he wasn't answering me. <laughs> so there's my he inappropriate wasn't ghosting laugh. You. He, yes, that was the subject line of my email. He wasn't ghosting. He was in a coma.
1: for me. dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. What was the last thing that he had said to you before you stopped answering? Was it the end of a conversation or was it like a thought in the middle of a conversation and then you thought like, oh, okay, I'm just never hearing from him again?
0: Yeah, so our last conversation, he had sent me a video of one of his friends from when we were, or his friend who was in Maui with us. So that was like a funny callback to that. And then he had said, "Can't wait to see you," and I had said, "One more week, smiley face."
1: Oh my so god! So it was like
0: there, there's interest here. And then again, I followed up. And then followed up oh and then my followed
1: god! Up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I. What was going through your head over the course of these? It was like five days five days what was what was going through your head because I can imagine like I would have been like rereading everything like trying to figure out like did I say something wrong like it was so good it was so consistently good did you like feel reassured by that or did you think like some something happened and it's over
0: I mean, I kind of went through the whole spectrum of emotions. I went through the, of course, he's not answering you. He's on a trip. I, you know, you would, like I said before, want that same level of freedom to mm-hmm. talk. I went through the, oh, wow, I really shouldn't have had such high expectations for this guy. He's, you know, just like any other out guy and he's going to not prioritize me, which unfair generalization. But, you know, I went to that end as well. Um but yeah, like, like you said, I went through the, let me reread everything I said. Did I say something wrong? Did I do something weird? But, you know, the, the main conclusion that I came to was just, he's done with me. He's ghosting me. And he didn't mean the things that he'd started to say about, you know, how, he, how he's such a good communicator and how he wants to spend time with me. Like, you know, he, he just wasn't genuine to that. And he's just over me and ghosting me.
1: Right. Or like, I mean, did he meet someone there on his, oh. like, like a vacation serial meter where he just meets <laughs> girls on vacation? I know. Goes from one to the next.
0: Yeah, that's completely fair. That is another part of it. Like he's an attractive <laughs> dude. He's clearly got game. Like he can pick people up yeah. at bars, which fair, you know, we hadn't defined anything. I wouldn't not expect him to, to meet other people, but of course that went through my head as well. And I talked to friends about it too, because, um, you know, I was a big hinge dater. So we had me and my friends would constantly be talking about like the guys that we were interested in and, you know, yeah. did they ghost us? Or are they talking to people? And so it wasn't like completely shocking. They were just like, yeah, he, you know, is probably busy and you might not ever hear from him again. And that's fine.
1: What was your reaction when you saw the GoFundMe?
0: Oh, oh my God. I, I was speechless for like an hour. So context of how I even found it it it, again it had been a couple of days at this point and I was telling some of my friends the story because they had known when I had met him and they thought it was so fun Um, and they asked how things were going and I was like yeah he ghosted me out of nowhere it makes no sense I even have texts that say like I'd called him Maui man. That's how me and my friends referenced him because he had a Love nickname. Love that. Of course. Um, but I had said like, I don't get it. Maui man was obsessed with me and now he won't give me the time of day. Like I have that text message Oh still. my
1: God.
0: Yeah. Not my finest moment. But so, you know, I was with my friends and I was like, I don't know, there's gotta be something up here. And they were like, well, has he been posting on Instagram? Has he been watching your stories? And I was going to check that. And I thought he had blocked me at that point because he hadn't posted. He hadn't watched any of my stuff.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And so I look at his Instagram. And then, you know, I'm going through the look at his friend's Instagram. I go to his sister's Instagram. And I just see the GoFundMe link in her bio that just says donate to Cody's recovery. And that was, you know, how I felt. I was just like, my jaw dropped because you don't actually expect that to be what happened. I just thought he ghosted me and I was fine being mad at him for that. I was not actually expecting something hugely traumatic to have happened. So it was just yeah. a wild, a wild feeling.
1: Did you also, cause I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and I obviously can't to an extent, but did you feel like guilty for like thinking poorly about him?
0: Uh, oh my God. I, I felt so many different things. I mean, so much guilt to begin with, too. Even having sent the text saying checking in Ibiza didn't kill you. Yeah. It, it felt like a weird, like, I put that into the universe. Not that that would have... Obviously, it didn't cause it, but, like... Right. You know, it, it just felt... And, you know, to have then thought, wow, what a, what a terrible guy. Not to right. that extent, but, like, oh, he's a bad guy. And yeah. to know he was actually, you know, fighting for his life at that point was... Yeah, guilt was a big part of the emotions, but also just so sad for him. And reading through the GoFundMe and seeing the people who had donated, I was, like, so heartbroken for all the people in his life. It was, you know, really intense.
1: Because you're also seeing this GoFundMe at a time where he's currently, like, in a coma. Yeah. It's not like he got hit by a car, but, like, he's doing great and, like, will survive, but his medical bills are going to be expensive. Like, he is in a coma. In Spain. In Spain. and. You're like, oh my, like this is also a person that you have developed really deep feelings for in a short time who you care about. And you're also in a weird position. I know you mentioned like you met his sister, but you're in a particularly interesting position where you're not necessarily close with the people in his world where you can like reach out and get updates.
0: Exactly. You, that was one of the weirdest things in the beginning and honestly in the months following because. Yes, I had met some people close to him. And yes, I'd started to get to know him very personally, but I didn't feel like I had the right to grieve him. His family didn't know me. I was not a big part of his life. I'd known him for one month today at that point. And I didn't feel like I was allowed to have the emotions that I did and to feel so rocked by it.
1: Yeah, which of course, like, of course you're allowed, but I, I totally understand that feeling of like well yes I know him but like compared to these people I don't and like I should just be like thinking of them and not like feeling sorry and sad and confused for myself
0: yeah exactly and and there was such a a a range of emotions there too because you know yes part of why I was upset was because I thought there was something budding there and losing that when it was so out of our either of our control that was such a minor part of it but I mean, with the, the bigger feelings were just, it was so heartbreaking knowing he was, you know, such a wonderful person, something so awful can happen to you out of the blue. Like you can just get hit yeah. by a car and, you know, it put me into sort of like an existential crisis of like, this could happen to anybody at any time. And to just have to move on from that and be okay with that, which is what at that point I thought I had to do was just, okay, that's it, you know that was your chapter with him. You're never going to see or talk to him again and just hope for the best for him. And you're also probably never going to know what really happened. Um, while also, right. you know, just feeling so heartbroken for his friends and his family, having seen, you know, online the impact that it was having on them.
1: The more I think about it, the more I I feel like that's, you were just in such a difficult position. Cause like you said, like you're just expected to like move on from this, but This is somebody who like you were starting to like maybe picture a future with like somebody you really cared about. And like, this is even like, I get rocked seeing these things about strangers. Like this is somebody you knew, but to other people, it's like, well, who are you? You know, like who is anonymous in this guy's life? We don't know her yet. And I'm sure you felt like that feeling not coming from people because I'm sure people weren't putting that on you, but I'm sure you felt like, well, they don't even know who I am. So who am I to like be in this position of feeling sad and worried and upset and then i'm sure it was also like i'm curious what your friends were saying because it's like oh this guy that you were talking to you know like were they like oh well it's okay it wasn't that serious or were they like this is really intense like we're here for you what do you need like take your time
0: yeah that was another really strange part of it because thankfully most people in my life and i had never either prior to it had to experience something like this so there's no playbook for for how to deal with no. the, the traumatic injury of someone you've been dating for a month like there's just no one to one you know comparison right and you know i had a lot of friends that that would some just said you know you got to move on that's it you can be sad but it's about him it's not about you just get over it which right. i understood that and i internalized that a lot um, but some of my friends actually, who'd been through, unfortunately, like similar things with either family members or friends where they've gone through something really serious said, you know, you're allowed to have whatever feelings you have. Doesn't mean you have to do anything about them, but take the time mm-hmm. that you need to, to process and to grieve. And it, you know, that doesn't mean you have to go loudly, grieve on social media or whatever, that not saying I was doing that, but you know, I was allowed to be sad and maybe take a step back from dating other people. And Think about why I was so upset about this, you know, without having to just forget he existed and move on.
1: Yeah. Did you ever reach out to his sister or the other friend from vacation or anyone in his world?
0: Yeah, I actually ended up reaching out, um, I guess, a month or so into it. Um, So his family was posting a, a lot on social media, not about, you know, not about details about what had happened or how he was doing, which was very strange. Uh, Not strange, but it was strange to be on the other end of really not knowing the severity of what had happened other than it was really bad. Um, And that it was sort of just taking it a day at a time. Um, I did end up sending her a message, though, just saying, like, I know we didn't really know each other, but I know you guys are really close and I'm just sending you the best. And if you need anything, you know, feel free to reach out, even though, you know, I I knew it wasn't going to be me, but just sending well wishes felt appropriate. Of course, of course.
1: Wow. What was his family posting if they weren't posting updates?
0: Yeah. So they basically posted. So again, when the accident happened, he was still in Spain. And like, you know, obviously the healthcare system in the U S is where they wanted him, you know, language that they know closer to family. Um, but he was not in a good place to travel. Um, and in the kind of financial situation of the hospitals in Spain, they had to pay all up So it was kind of just through the GoFundMe, looking to fundraise a bit and just brief updates on, you know, he's out of the coma. He's starting to, you know, move little updates like that, Uh, but without intense detail as to like, these are the things that he's struggling with. And this was the severity of it um, because they felt that that was kind of more of, you know, his decision on whether, Yeah. yeah, he wanted to share that.
1: Do you remember how you felt when you saw that he was out of the coma?
0: Oh, I was just really really relieved and and happy just for him as a person, obviously. I didn't know at that point. Yeah. You know how cognitively aware he was or like how how he was doing out of the coma, but even, you know, being conscious is a good sign there.
1: So, head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P R E S E N T L Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code Seeing Other People. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10. Is it chemistry or anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the next few months, I guess, go on. What's going on yes. in your world? What's going on in his world?
0: Yeah, so, I, you know, in those coming months, I tried to do my best just to kind of move on from it. Like I assumed he's gone through this traumatic thing. We're never going to get back together. We're not, not even that we were officially together, but, you know, we're, we're probably not going to see each other again. Um, so I tried to just get back to dating, um, you know, was going back on the dating apps and, you know, going on dates and, It was fine. Nothing really came out of it. Um, But I did (laughs) weirdly have this nagging thing in the back of my head that, you know, my now boyfriend and I, when we met, there was like just really easy chemistry. Conversations were very easy. And I felt myself not feeling that in other, you know, first dates and things. And maybe it was an unfair comparison that I was still kind of holding on to that. But I had felt what it had for a very brief moment felt like to connect with someone really quickly and have someone communicate very openly. And I was reminded of you know how I wasn't necessarily getting that in my sort of casual dating app dating that I had been doing prior.
1: Yeah. It's hard when something like that happens where you really do connect deeply with somebody or you connect so effortlessly because once that person's in the past, you don't want to be comparing everyone to them, but it's also hard once you've felt that you don't want to, accept anything less than that, but it's really hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: you know, I I tried not to compare too much to that, like, you know, no other guy is going to be like him. Cause again, we didn't know each other that well, but like you said, it's, if you feel it, once you have it in your head, it's you, you, it's a good reminder of what, what you want and what you're looking for. And then when you're not feeling that again, it's just, you know, it's a strange, strange comparison to feel.
1: Yeah. What was your first, we'll call it, reinteraction with him?
0: Yeah. So in the months that followed for him, I mean, we're obviously very different than the months that followed for me. Um, You know, he was stuck in Spain for a while. Getting back to the US was an entire crazy experience. Um, Then he went into full-time, you know, physical and neuro rehab. So, you know, just really intense for him, for his family. We didn't talk at all during this time. Um, and then out of the blue, I get an Instagram DM from him saying, hey, sorry, I missed your message because I had sent oh him God. like in September it sent him a message saying like, heard what happened. I'm so sorry, like thinking of you. And I sent him a picture of the sunset. because That's like he loves yeah. sun- who doesn't love sunsets. He's a big sunset guy. And he was like, hey, sorry, I missed your message. What was the picture?
1: Oh, my God.
0: You missed my message. What else happened in those three months? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's, it's like when I used to joke with people if I didn't respond to them on Hinge and like went back months later. Was like, sorry, I was in the shower. Like, sorry, I took a nap. Like, sorry, yeah. I missed your message. Like, okay, <laughs> I know. To put picture? it lightly,
0: yeah. just a picture of the sunset. Like, oh my gosh. But I mean, yeah. What What do you do to, to break the ice? Um, yeah. I actually come came to find out later he didn't tell me this right away, but um In that time, he actually didn't really remember me. Um, oh wow! Because part of his accident was a really traumatic brain injury, um, and it took wow. a while for him to come back to who he was and his memories and his friendships and all those kinds of things. Thankfully, he's doing so much better on that now. Um, but he had remembered meeting in Hawaii, and he saw on his phone that we had texted and we had Facetime and stuff when he was in Spain. Um, but he didn't remember all of that and all of those feelings. But like looking at our conversations, he was like, wow, I really must have been into this girl.
1: Um, I had full me that right body, away. full body goosebumps.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And I- I'm glad he didn't tell me that right away. I mean, when we first started talking and it was not in a romantic way, but it was wild to hear. He just did not know about basically most of that time that we'd known each other. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. At what At- point did that message turn into like a conversation? Turn into let's catch up.
0: Yeah, so uh, right after that message, we we started, you know, chatting again. Basically every day. Um, I think we talked for about a month, um, and it was very friendly. Like yeah. there was no expressed interest. And let's jump back into things because obviously he was was and still is dealing with. So much, and rehab was his priority, right? Not, not in a place to start dating somebody again.
1: Yeah, Um, and and from your perspective, like you genuinely want to just know that he's okay and like be there for him now that you can be.
0: Yeah, it was it was sort of like you know you're a wonderful person, and even just as a friend, I'm curious. Like I hope you're doing okay, and want to send support. Um, Yeah, and so when he got back home. Uh, we went back and forth a little bit on, he, he sort of admitted at one point, he didn't want me to see him in the state that he was at. Cause he had lost a lot of weight, couldn't really move around really well. He, I'm laughing cause he was missing a tooth. Um, oh. you know, all the things that on paper, you know, would not be the first things you'd put on your dating app, you know, right. <laughs> for, right. to attract a girl that you used to, you know, date, hook up with to come over and hang out. Um, oh. But he, uh, you know, we ended up saying like, you know, I care about you as a person. I don't care about what you look like or what you can and can't do right now. Um, so I went over and, you know, to his house and with his, his roommates and we're just chatting and catching up and, you know, obviously hearing the details of what had happened from him directly. It was insane. It was yeah. heartbreaking and awful, but, um, and then that slowly sort of, uh, Continued to happen where I work from home, and he was obviously at home for most of the day, um, and couldn't drive himself to appointments and stuff. So I sort of got added into the mix of people who could bring in things and could drive in places, but or would just go over to hang out and work from there and chat with him. And so slowly, that turned into spending time together, not in a romantic way, but you know, yeah. just being in the same place and and restarting that that kind of connection again
1: while you were hanging out in this not romantic way were you in your head developing deeper feelings for him <laughs> oh great question um, <laughs> I, it's- I know my, i know myself so like i feel like we're similar and i feel like i had to ask
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's wild to say cuz i mean yes very quickly like the things that i loved about and I do love about his personality. We're still there. It was just, you know, what was on the outside was very different and the place that he was in was very different. Um, But it's funny that, cause the things when we were first starting to hang out again, like it, nothing was sexy about the experience. Like I clipped his toenails. I literally helped him get in and out of the shower and wash his back. Like there was nothing like we weren't like going on hot dates. Um, But again, just, it actually forced us to have really deeply emotional conversations and i was just yeah. really inspired by you know how he was dealing with things how he was still so kind how he still was asking about my day and you know my what felt like really minor life priorities and still remaining so positive about a really traumatic experience that pretty quickly that started that those feelings like you said started to come back into the picture
1: yeah and i'm sure on the flip side he probably was feeling really connected to you and and really like grateful for you as this person who it's not like you owed him anything or you had this long history where like he would have expected that you would have shown up for him, but like you kept showing up and you kept doing whatever you could. And I'm sure that meant so much to him. And I'm also sure that he felt really vulnerable, like being with you in the state that he was in which as yeah. hard as it must have been, it sounds like it was like kind of beautiful in a way that you guys like were able to come together like this.
0: Yeah. I mean, the amount of vulnerability that I mean, he had, he had to just express and be willing to accept. I it's super, super admirable. And, um, what you had said to like it, it was a, and this was a, a, we talked about it a lot where, you know, I wanted to be helpful and I wanted to do whatever I could in the way that anyone would, you know, if it was like a yeah. friend or even like a neighbor who was in a really awful situation, you would, you know, you would want to do what you could to to be supportive and be helpful. Um, but he, you know, really early on, once he was like, I have feelings and I think you do too, like, I don't want this to be a helper situation. I want you to be someone, even in the state that I'm in, that if I'm pursuing it romantically, I don't want this to be one-sided. And that you know, took, you know, work to establish those boundaries. And even with friends and with family explain that I'm not just someone who's caregiving, which we can go into a whole conversation about that dynamic and like interabled relationships, but like that I am, you know, what turned into an actual partner, it just looks different than what you would expect because I do have to help him with things.
1: What do you think it was about, you each individually, but also together that allowed this to work and to turn into something real?
0: Wow, that, that is a great question. I think the combination of our communication styles together is what has allowed it to grow and work because me being able to say to him, I have needs as well, and I don't want this to be a helper situation and him being able to say the same thing to me that I appreciate the help, but I don't want you to help like that, even as a fundamental on top of all of the other hard conversations we ended up having to have, like, because we are open about, you know, our our needs and our feelings and what we care about it, you know, I think it has allowed us to get through some of the much more challenging stuff that you wouldn't expect to happen in the quote unquote honeymoon phase of a relationship. Like, You don't expect to be having deep conversations about what your expectations are for a partner way early on. But um, again, I think it was that communication that both of us prioritize it and actually opened up to that vulnerability as deep as we did allowed this to build.
1: Yeah, and I imagine that having those types of conversations allowed for not only you guys to like get to know each other on a deeper level, but it allowed for other kinds of communication and conversations to just become almost like seamless, like natural where you're not like afraid to say certain things or something that could make somebody really anxious of like, Oh, like this thing I have to bring up with this person that I've been like holding off on for weeks. Like you've, you've gotten such good. I want to, I don't want to say practice, but like practice with having hard conversations and that's the best way to build a strong foundation for a relationship, even if it, this obviously wasn't the ideal situation. It just, like, I can only imagine how strong your relationship is now because of it.
0: Yeah. And I actually, it's, it's interesting because I think it's easy for us to talk about like, yeah, we had to have all the, set the foundation, have all the hard conversations because of this communication style. But on the other side of things, it's also been amazing for the things, the happy things and the wonderful things. Like it's just a very constant open stream of like, you know, validation of each other and our feelings and things that we are really happy about. And it, it's enabled us to, you know, when there's little things to ask for the things that we want, but also confirm the things that we love. And, you know, uh, it, it's like trickled over into friendships and things like that, too. So it, <laughs> it's it's funny, too, because like, I think there are a lot of things that in prior relationships I've thought to just brush under the rug or, or not communicate that I want or that I need. And it's just so easy now to do it. Cause you know, not, not that I'm saying nothing will ever be hard again, but it, it's <laughs> the door has been opened that whether yeah. it's good or bad or neutral, like it's out on the table.
1: Yeah. You brought up the phrase interable dating before. I would love to talk about this. I'm sure it's something that you probably and many people listening like don't know much about or didn't know much about until you ended up in this situation. So I would love to kind of hear just how that has like maybe like what conversations that started amongst like people in your world or people in his world and what you wish people would know based on your experience that you wouldn't have known before.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is something that is so just not discussed because people don't want to admit it could ever happen to them. But, you know, I think it's like one in four U S adults or something like that have some form of a disability, whether that's like physical or cognitive, like unfortunately at any time of the day, like any one of us could become disabled, whether it's temporary or whether it's something really significant. And so like, it was just, it was never on my radar as to like, you know, if I was in a relationship and something really awful happened, how would I handle it? Would I be able to handle it? Um, I think, you know, it's been such a a crazy just exposure to, one, how the world is not built to accommodate people with disabilities. Um, And again, that's a whole other discussion that, you know, especially for people who don't have a really strong support system or don't have the resources to navigate it, it is so, so complicated. Um, But. The other part of it, which I think is, you know, more relevant to what we're talking about today, there's a lot of stigma and just judgment that I think goes into, you know, people who do have disabilities and people who date people with disabilities. Like, I I had people blatantly ask me things like, how can you deal with that? Or like, you know, why would you want to do that? And also some people in public who just are so, they just blatantly stare or they come up and ask him like oh, what happened to you? Like, it's it's a weird invasiveness. And uh, I know it's a long answer, but, you know, also lack of understanding that comes into, like, what matters to our relationship is, is not whether he can go on a hike or surf with me right now. It's, like, so much deeper than that. And a lot of people don't understand that. But also, I didn't prior until I had
1: to. So,
0: and, I, and he didn't either, which we, we've discussed in depth.
1: Is there anyone that you went to when you were both helping trying to like help him, but not become a caretaker and stuff. Like who were you going to for advice? Cause it sounds like you handled this so maturely, but like you said, like we don't often know people who have been in this situation. So like, how did you figure out how to navigate it?
0: Oh man. Um, I mean, I'm still figuring it out every day cause the, the situation can cons- consistently changes for the better now, but, um, I think it, I, I just, I talked to my mom a lot about it so much. And I talked to my friends and I, and I talked to him and there was no one right solution, but it was just being willing to see what worked and what balance of, of things was, you know, appropriate for our needs and for our lives and our wants. And that's kind of how we landed there. Um, yeah, there was another, <laughs> I, I kind of mentioned it but there was a, we joked at one point, like, you know, if you'd have laid out on, on paper, these are all of the challenges and these are all the limitations and things that you would have had in this relationship, would either of us had said yes to it? And we both said no, but now knowing what we do and having figured out the ways to to work through it, like it's crazy now to look back and think about, And that goes to what I was saying earlier, sort of like the judgments and the expectations that might come on paper. But um, you know, I'm, I'm so happy with with where we are now, and the fact that looking forward, I can be happy and excited that having gone through all of this, we're in such a good place. I think to get to the more consistent, easy, fun stuff.
1: Yeah, it is so important to recognize, to your point, like it's when it comes down to it, it's about the person. It's not about what they're able to do or stairs they can walk up or like you said, like surfing or going on a hike. Like, it's about who they are and their personality and how caring they are and if they value the same things. It's about like so much other stuff. And I think that's one thing that has frustrated a lot of people, especially lately as, as dating apps have just like seemingly been the only way to meet people where we all feel like we're judging so much. And I think people really like, don't like that anymore. Like we want this aspect of humanity. And I just hope that as people kind of try to meet people in real life more than spending time on dating apps, I hope people can try to keep this in mind of like, don't judge a book by its cover, that whole concept, because it really like, that's something we've learned since we were like two, but it really is so, so true.
0: Yeah. And and I think too, it's like with with finding joy in that other person and connecting with the person, like there's so many little things outside of those expectations that I might've had of like, I want someone who will hike with me and surf with me and do all of these things. Like I I enjoy just sitting at the kitchen table, like eating takeout sushi with him more than I have enjoyed going on surfing dates with prior people. Like we've found so much good in a hard situation and you know, even like I had sent you a picture, he surprised me and took me on a trip to Puerto Rico for my birthday. Like, did we do all the crazy things? No, but we found an adapted you know, version of our itinerary that we still had a wonderful time. And like, it's not all about the trips and the bells and the whistles, but like spending time with him is that we are happy when we're together in whatever form that looks like. And that's yeah. what's been most important out of all of it.
1: Yeah. And in in a weird way, like as horrible as it is that everything that he had to go through and his family had to go through and you had to go through with him, it's amazing that you can now like have this appreciation for all of these moments, for sitting at the kitchen table, eating sushi and saying in and just really appreciating like the fact that you get to be together. Because I think we take everything in life for granted. And I hope your story for anyone listening can just be a good reminder of like, Be so grateful for the people in your life and the things that you're able to do, and people you're able to do them with. Because, like you said, like every anything could change in the blink of an eye.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's been so much, you know, from from both of our perspectives, so much gratitude and appreciation, and sort of reality checking that's come from it. That I know it's definitely changed my perspective for the better, and um, his as well. So, as much as it's you know an awful story, there's a lot of silver linings and, you know, I think it'll only get better as we move forward. Like I said, this was started about a year ago and his accident was about 11 months ago. And there's a whole lifetime ahead for things to continue to improve and get better. So it's good to have that perspective as, as awful as the reality check it was.
1: Does he now remember everything with you from that first month no no? (laughs) No. that's Um, okay more memories to be made
0: yeah we joke i I won him over twice so there's got to be something good about me
1: (laughs) oh i love that so much oh my god okay two last questions for you one is there anything if you could go back in time and tell yourself a year ago when you were going to meet him like what would you say
0: oh man buckle up (laughs) um (laughs) uh keep your mind open to what's about to happen. That's that's really it. Get rid of all of the expectations you might have. Um yeah. but you're also about to be really, really happy and you're really gonna grow a lot in a way that you didn't expect to. Um,
1: yeah. So I love that. It sounds like even though obviously there are bumps in the road and like thinking he was ghosting you and being disappointed (laughs) and then being shocked. Like it, it sounds like you handled this so well. Like it's really, really, really so impressive. I just like, I hope you know that because there are a million ways to handle a situation like this. And most of them probably don't end with you being in the place you are now with him.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I would not have expected myself to, be able to handle it and I don't yeah. think I've done it perfectly and I don't mean to no. be coming on here just to be like tell me how great I am
1: um, no of course and there's no perfect way to do it but yeah. I think that's the point Is like you did the best that you could with what felt right to you and like I yeah. I'm glad that you did what felt right to you because it it seemed like for the most part it was you know
0: yeah I I'm I'm happy to I I think and with the way that my boyfriend has handled everything too, that's been a huge part yeah. of it. Like his positivity and his openness, like, but yeah, again, not, not a situation I would have expected to yeah. be able or, or to need to work through. But again, good, uh, a harsh reminder that it, it, it can be necessary at times and that finding, I mean, I didn't really mention this, but like having a support system around me has been so important to that as well, beyond just my communication, you know, with, with my boyfriend, it's like being able to be open with the people around me and talk through what's good and what's bad and what's hard has been really, really invaluable. Yeah.
1: I can only imagine. Okay. My last question for you. Best piece of dating advice you've ever received. Let's hear it.
0: Best piece of dating advice I've ever received. Um, I would say Life happens when you're busy making other plans. It's not really dating advice, but it's something that my mom used to say to me. And then she translated into dating advice when I turned 21 and started complaining to her about hinge dating. Um, (laughs) But it's never been more true than in this situation. Like as much as you think you know what you're looking for, if you stay really strict within that, you might miss a lot of great opportunities out there. So take that as you will. But
1: I love that. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you were hoping to share? Uh, no. Uh, I guess if whoever wants to buy the movie rights, feel free
0: to reach out to Alana to get to me. But... Yeah, seriously, <laughs>
1: hit us up. Oh my god, I want I want a little cameo in the background somewhere. Um, yes. <laughs> but no, I, I this was so special. I I really can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing this. And I he sounds incredible, and I'm so happy you too. And I look forward to following along with the rest of your journey and seeing where things go, but really happy for you both.
0: Thank you. And I'm excited to, to have him listen to this. Hope I did us justice.
1: I think so. I think so. <laughs> to everyone who listened, thank you guys for tuning in. Please, 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 as always, send this episode to a friend who needs to hear it, which is honestly everybody. So please send it to everyone, share it on your story if you love it. And if you have something you want to share on Unfiltered, email seeing other people at gmail.com. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own unfiltered dating stories, reach out to seeing other people at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I'm obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKCISTS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That, too, Scout. That, too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL.